Welcome back to Clydesdale Media, where we bring you the best from the world of CrossFit. Podcasts, news, special interest, health, fitness. If you like what you hear, hit that subscribe button. Hit the notifier so you're the first to know when we have new episodes. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Clydesdale Media Presents, the news, and Scott Riffs. Uh, this is something new we're trying. Um, it's really kind of getting me outside my comfort zone, where uh, I am. I love talking to people. I love asking people questions. I love doing a lot of those things. Talking to a camera is very new for me. So I'm going to get outside my comfort zone. I'm going to do these a little more often. And what I want to do is share like some news of the day. I want to be able to be more agile. And when something breaks in the CrossFit world, get on the get on here, um, talk about it, talk about it with the audience, um, all of those things. So this is just the beginning of kind of my new foray into this. None of the other stuff is going to change. In fact, the whole crew will be on here tomorrow. We are going to draft our fantasy fitnessing lineups uh, for the Rogue Invitational tomorrow afternoon. So make sure to join us for that. I think it's actually 1130 tomorrow Eastern time. So jump on for that and criticize who we pick to uh, podium at uh, the Rogue Invitational. <clears throat> so I want to start off by um, a couple little news bites uh, that have been happening. Uh, I'm going to do some share screen here. Um, but what I want to talk about is some things that have happened in the CrossFit space over the last uh, 24, 48 hours. And I will do that now as I first am going to show Mr. Rich Froning, who uh, made an announcement on the Sevon podcast yesterday that this last season was his last season on a team and that uh, he then followed that up with an Instagram post stating that I thought it was widely known that this year was my final year competing in the team division, but I guess it's news to many. I've had an incredible career uh, to this point as an individual and on a team. From now on, whether I compete will be decided on a year-to-year -year basis depending on what season of life we're in and how this whole body feels. And then he goes on to thank uh, his wife, the mayhem community the crossfit community and all of that on the podcast he said that he is very open to competing in the masters division and his plan is to do the open um the age group online qualifier and the age group semifinals this year see how his body feels and then from that point decide whether he's going to uh, try and compete at the games some other things i wanted to share is uh today uh the athletes got into rogue and so um, let me see, I have to change this up a bit. I'm new to this, so uh, let's try this again. Share screen, here we go. Um, <coughs> so the first thing I'm gonna share is the athletes this year are getting baseball jerseys. If you did not, remember or didn't watch the Rogue Invitational last year. It was held at 
um, Dell Diamond Stadium, which is a baseball stadium in Round Rock, Texas, just outside of Austin. Here's Amanda Barnhart's baseball jersey uh, that she will be receiving once she checks in today. So the theme of this year, um, different than the Cowboy stuff from last year, looks like it is going to be a baseball-themed uh, event. Then we're going to take a look at some of the athletes as they got there. Um, and I found some comical things, so I just wanted to share those. Uh, I'm going to try this one. No, this one. So our friend Annika Greer uh, showed up today, and she is getting tutored on how to swing a bat. So I'm going to play this, and you tell me, do you think Annika has ever played baseball or softball? Sure. That worked. Here we go. Look at that swing. Uh, isn't that amazing from our friend Annika? So then um, we next have uh, Ariel Lowen. Um, she showed up today. Uh, so we will show that one now. And she shows the lockers that everybody got. Um, got a little, their own little baseball locker. And here, Ariel looks like she swung a bat a time or two. She actually looks like uh, she could do it. And there is the behind the scenes of her doing her promo videos. Uh, for the Jumbotron. So then I'm going to finish up with this girl here, our friend, Carolyn Prevo. Ooh, come back to me. Now that girl, look at that stance. If anybody knows how to swing a baseball bat, it is the person who has won like what? 12 national championships in four or five different sports. Um, she looks like she is uh, ready to take the plate uh, for a professional baseball team. So it looks like it's a fun time down there in Round Rock, and we cannot wait for that to start tomorrow. Event one will be tomorrow. It has not been announced. There has been speculation that that will be a ruck run because the athletes were asked to bring uh, shoes, trail running shoes. But that is all that we have heard. We don't have any official announcement as to what that event will be, but we kick off tomorrow. And then a full slate of events on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Our show is planning to cover that, uh, get some interviews with some of the athletes down there, and uh, keep you up to speed as to everything that's going on down at the Rogue Invitational. So the big reason I wanted to come on here today is uh, this is my big riff of the day. Most of you know that I volunteered uh, at the Masters Fitness Collective over the weekend and through that experience, um, I wanted to share some things about the volunteer experience. And for those of you who don't know, I started CrossFit in 2011. I geeked out about it pretty quickly, and I volunteered for my first regional in 2014 uh, in Cincinnati for the Central East Regional. At that event, I was on the event team. 
Um, basically, I was handing out all of the shirts to the volunteers as they came in. And then all of the media and the volunteers came through a separate door than the public. And so I was just checking to make sure they were on a list. They were supposed to be coming through that door. That was my gig for my first ever volunteer experience. After that, in I moved into security where I um, did security around the floor as well as Athlete Village um, and just made sure that only athletes were allowed into their area um, and so did that for a couple of years. Uh, 2017 was my first games volunteer experience. I was actually on the equipment team on the North Park where we changed out the equipment um, that was going on there. That was the year of the straw bale hurdles, uh, five of them, as well as the first year of the cheese curd, um, the strongman sphere. We had to reset all of that stuff. Um, and so I can, and I've volunteered at other events, Rogue. Um, I've been a judge at regionals, Rogue, different events like that. And so what I wanted to share is that this community, this community of volunteers is one of the most amazing groups of people that I have ever been around. They do all of this for no fame, no glory, no pay. Um, and I consider them the rock that is what CrossFit is built on. Without these volunteers, the cost to be able to do business at these events would increase so much that a lot of the event planners and the event coordinators would not be able to do what they what they do today. They work long hours. They they do it all with a smile on their face because they love CrossFit and they love the CrossFit community. One of the coolest things are it is so apparent that the athletes appreciate everything that the volunteers do. This past weekend, I was thanked continuously by athlete after athlete after athlete for putting in the time to make sure that they had an event to go to and that they could participate in. And that is pretty universal no matter what event um, I have attended or volunteered at. So there, and the other thing I want to say is they're a very self-sufficient group. Like you tell them what to do, they'll go do it. You don't need to be on them all the time. They, they just know. A lot of them have been around for five, seven, ten years and have been doing this a very long time through the evolution of the sport. <laughs> they've done regionals. They've done sanctionals. They've done semifinals. You name it, they've done it. But I want to point out that some competitions are very good to the volunteers and some competitions are not so good. And I want to point out a few things. What makes a good competition that volunteers want to go to? And I think this is a perfect time to talk about it because this weekend is Rogue, Rogue Invitational. Rogue Invitational is so good to their volunteers that they have a wait list of people wanting to volunteer for this event. There is never a shortage of any type of volunteer that they need because they treat their volunteers so well when they're there. And that they are really um, the model of what a competition should do. Now, granted, not all events have the money that Rogue does, but 
But I have also been to other events that are really close to Rogue and people that do such a good job. And I'll point out Wilson Pock, who did the Syndicate Crown this year and did the Mac for years, Mac Fest, the Mac community event, Mac the semifinal, Mac the sanctional. Um, they always treat their um, volunteers with a lot of respect and make sure that they are well taken care of during the process. So the first thing that makes a good comp is structure. To make sure that you have a lead of every single division uh, that you need a volunteer in, whether that be judging, equipment, athlete control, scoring. <clears throat> and there are plenty of mentors out there that are willing to discuss what that structure should be and how to plan that out. And there have been so there are so many leads and so many people who have done these jobs that you can just stick them in that spot and they will take it and they will run. And you don't have to do anything. You don't have to micromanage that. You just have to let them go and just be the support for the overall volunteers. And as I've said over and over again, these volunteers are experienced and they're knowledgeable. They've seen a lot of things in their times as a volunteer and they can handle a lot of things. Um, so again, just to recap, reach out to people who have done this and do it well and kind of just mimic that plan. Volunteers are all about actions, not words. It is great to get thank yous. And we know as volunteers that when an athlete comes up and thanks us for what we do, it is very genuine. But as a comp director or an event planner, words are great. But if the actions don't follow that up, it falls on deaf ears. Don't make a volunteer feel like an afterthought. This volunteer community is doing amazing things for the CrossFit scene, and they are decreasing the amount it costs you to run an event because they're doing this out of the goodness of their heart and because they're passionate about this sport. Don't make them feel like an afterthought. There should be a welcoming of them when they get there. There should be, if you're going to give them swag, it should be waiting and ready for them. They should be welcomed just like an athlete is. Maybe not as much swag, maybe not as much stuff, but just know that you appreciate them by having a dedicated person to welcome them to your event and thank them for being there. The other thing is um, show that they're needed. Without them, your event will not go off. Without these volunteers, the event will fail. They are, the, they are the backbone of what you are doing. You cannot have a competition without an equipment team that puts equipment on the floor. You cannot have a competition without a judge making sure that the reps are correct. You need an athlete control to make sure that the athletes know where to go and when to go to their lanes and when to go to the corral and when to be in the right lane. You need all those things. The people that take the end result and the scoring and enter it into the system and make sure that the leaderboard is accurate. Without those people, there is no competition. So don't make them feel like an afterthought. Make them show them that they are needed and treat them right. Do not beat them down. They're coming here on their own time. I've been to competitions where I've worked 
an entire morning without a break that and no food, no drink, no coffee, no bathroom break, nothing for hours before we get a break. That is beating down your volunteer. You're going to get a less focused volunteer. So you, you want the equipment out on the floor fast and put in the right order with the right plates, with the right everything. If that athlete, if that volunteer is so tired and not focused, you're going to miss those things. A judge, we see what Hiller puts up all the time. Like judging is important. And if they lose focus and they make a bad call, that means that you're going to have more appeals. You're going to have more reviews. You're going to have more pissed off athletes. And the more pissed off athletes you have, the worse that competition is going to appear to both the fans and the athletes and the coaches. <clears throat> it's taking these steps up front to make sure that your judges have adequate breaks, adequate water, adequate food to be able to make the right calls on the floor when it comes down to it. It's not an easy job. Um, if you treat the, if you treat the volunteers well, they will promote your brand. If you treat them well, you will have a wait list the next year because every, they will spread the word about how awesome it is to work at this event. You need to treat them with the respect they deserve. And here's just a couple things that need to happen. And it's simple. You know, I mentioned swag. Swag is the last thing on the list. All volunteers love to get swag. It's probably one of the main reasons we love it because you get that like unique t-shirt or that unique hoodie or maybe a Yeti with the logo on it. It's cool, right? You like that. But during an event, we love what we do. Just make sure we have water. Like if your judges are out on the floor, have bottles of water off to the side that they can grab. You're counting reps. You're talking out loud for 20 minutes at a time, your mouth is so dry. The only thing you want is some water. <laughs> Make sure that there are snacks available so that they're not, they're not sitting there with hunger pains in the middle of an event, wondering when lunch is instead of wondering if the depth of the squat is low enough. Just little boxes of snacks that they can get into. Lastly, Make sure that when it is lunchtime, that there is food available to them and that people haven't taken all of the food before they get there. That is the most frustrating thing as a volunteer. It's happened to me. And I will say it even happened to me at the games where we were out on the floor so long. And when we got in, all the food was gone and we'd worked our asses off for like six hours straight, going to get dinner and there's nothing left for us to eat. And so we're grabbing stuff out of a vending machine. That leaves a very, very bad taste in a volunteer's mouth, and they will not want to come back. And in fact, that year after the games, I did not come back the next year because of the experience I had of, with things like that. The last thing is swag is a big deal to, to volunteers. They love to get that unique item. They will work hard for that unique item. Be creative in what you do. Don't just make it a throw, a throw in of something that is just a throwaway or something with a logo on it, be creative, be unique. If, if you give them something that they can't buy off the shelf, they are going to come running back the next year. It's just the way it is. Um, I know I talked to a lot of the volunteers this last weekend. 
They're making quilts out of all the shirts they get because you can't get them unless you volunteer. And that's just an amazing thing. The way an event runs is so dependent on these volunteers that you just cannot treat them with anything but respect. They are saving you countless dollars on the bottom line of what you are doing. And if things don't go well, you're going to pay for it in the end because something went wrong. A wrong weight was put on a bar. Uh, a bad call was made because they, they haven't eaten in six hours. Those are things that are going to make your job as an event coordinator much harder because a shortcut was made in treating the volunteers the way they needed to be treated. <clears throat> the last thing I'm going to point out is the safety of the athletes and the volunteers should be number one. Medical crews should never be shortchanged. I've been to comps where the medical team was so sparse and they're covering multiple areas and stretched so thin that if something major went down, the ramifications of that would be so great on the event, they probably wouldn't recover. And so the, that medical team, they are all very professional. They are all doctors, nurses, um, EMTs, firemen. They are very professional people, but they still volunteer their time for this. They are not paid. And when you leave them thin and you leave them with this impression that safety is not the main concern, you are not going to get those volunteers back the next year. I just wanted to point this out because um, as a volunteer for many years, I've seen the good and I've seen the bad. And having a bad experience with volunteers could destroy your opportunities to keep a competition going. So I wanted to point out some of the main things that can go wrong when you do not treat the volunteers with respect. And uh, these are just a few of the things. Just make sure they have water, make sure they have food, make sure that they are safe in the conditions that, that are happening and that they can do their job the way they want to do the job with 100% accuracy, doing the best that they can do um, for the competition everybody. This group loves this the sport of CrossFit, and they want it to succeed. They want to do the best job possible. And you just have to support them so that they can do that. And if you support them, they will pay you back tenfold in spreading the word of how great you are as a comp director. So please, if you're a comp director, take this advice, reach out to a mentor, reach out to somebody who knows how to do this stuff so that when you have your competition, you are prepared for these things. So many people have done it before you, reach out to them and let them, lend, let them lead you down the path you need to go to have a successful competition. And with that, that is my riff for today. Uh, again, we will be back on the air tomorrow at 11.30 doing our draft for the Rogue Invitational. And if you like what you heard, make sure you hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, and hit that notifier so you're the first to know when new episodes are released. With that, I will say good night, and I'll see you tomorrow for the draft for the Rogue Invitational. Thank you so much.
Thank you so much for joining Clydesdale Media for today's episode. If you like what you hear, hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, and make sure you hit the notifier so you're the first to know when new episodes are out. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time with Clydesdale Media.